In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Holy 50 Days, and we read the scripture where the Lord speaks about how he is the bread of life. Just as in the Old Testament, the manna came down from heaven to physically feed the people um, who are wandering in the wilderness, so also the Lord as the spiritual food who comes from heaven in order to grant spiritual life um, to all people. And he says this in verse 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If we meditate a little bit on um, what the Lord said and many other cases in the scripture where we see that there is um, a very deep and intimate connection between heaven and earth. We who are human beings, of course, who use our five senses to interpret and understand and to perceive the world, um, apart from faith, what we see is the earth. What we experience is the earth. Every day we wake up on the earth and we go about our day doing the earthly things um, and then we go to bed and then the next day we repeat again and again and again. And apart from faith, we would consider that the earth and all of the physical and material world is all of reality. There is nothing else beyond it because our senses do not perceive of anything else beyond it. But when the Lord comes and he says, I come down from heaven and he says, I am the bread of life. He says that there is something beyond the earth. There is something beyond the physical world. And the Lord comes from that place to come and to grant us the blessings of that other world. To come and grant us the knowledge and the understanding and the benefits that we receive from the other world. And he says to us, but in order for you to benefit from it, you must believe. And so the, the way that we perceive this other spiritual world is not through the five senses, but it is through faith. And that through faith, we, we, uh, we find that God reveals to us the reality of this other place. And this other place, of course, is not a physical place. It is a spiritual realm that even amongst us now there are the spiritual. You know, we say that um, the angels are with us praising God in the church. At the end of the liturgy, um, the priest um, prays and asks that the angel of the sacrifice depart. The angel who we believe comes down from heaven and stays on the altar during the time where the body and the blood of Christ are there to protect it and then departs again at the end. We believe and perceive this through faith, not through our physical senses. So I want to speak a little bit about the relationship between heaven and earth. If we go through our life believing that heaven is a reality and that heaven is present with us and in us all the time, it gives us a different perspective on life and makes us to feel that we are truly citizens of heaven. We are not simply citizens of earth, that we don't simply go about our lives according to what our senses perceive, but there is a greater perception and there's a greater reality. And that reality is what should govern us, not, the, not, not just the reality that we see um, around us. So how is it? that we can understand this relationship between the heaven and the earth. The first point I will mention is that the glory of God, which is in heaven, is manifested on the earth, is manifested in all of creation, meaning that we can perceive the glory of God through the things that he has made. When we look at the things he has made, we, we can conclude from it that these things could not just have come about from nothing. There, there is no way that such greatness, such beauty, that such complexity could have come about simply at ch by chance or randomness. We read in Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Meaning, if you want to glorify God, if you want to see the glory of God, it is almost as though the creation itself that God has made declares its, his glory. 
simply looking as though as though the creation is praising God audibly with a voice, even though of course they are not. But but just the the beauty of the creation, the complexity of the creation, the complexity of life, everything that God has made in the universe is in itself a testament to the glory of God. Also in First Kings eight verse ten it says, and it came to pass when the priests came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. This is speaking about when King Solomon dedicated the temple. And after offering many sacrifices and making and offering many prayers, the glory of God appeared inside of the house of God in the temple as a thick cloud. And it was so thick that the priests who were inside the temple couldn't even continue the prayer because it was so thick. So God manifested himself in a visible way in order to reveal that truly his house this is his house. This is not just a fancy building. It is not just a building that was constructed according to very precise dimensions and rules, but that truly he dwells in the house. And so also when we come to the church, we have to perceive and believe this is the house of God. God is present here. There is We offer God prayers and he hears our prayers. We pray on the altar and God allows us to partake of his body and blood. But again, this is perceived by our faith, not necessarily with our senses. So the first re relationship connection between heaven and earth is that the glory of God is manifested on the earth. The second is that the earthly is supported by the heavenly, meaning all of, all of our life we are supported by God, we are supported through him, by him, in a mysterious way. And we read also about this uh, in John chapter 6 where he says, For my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So here we, the Lord is saying, in order for you to live, in order for you to have life, you have to eat of this bread. And this bread is not regular bread. This is the bread that came down from heaven. This is the body of Christ that we partake of in order to live forever. So our very lives are supported by the heavenly. When we look again at our bodily needs, when we look at the things that we um, need to do in this world in order to live and to survive, right? We think of many things. We think of like having to work and get money and buy food and buy house and you know all the things that we think of that are necessary for survival and to thrive and flourish in this world. But what the Lord is saying is actually the thing that you need is himself. That, that the, the heavenly things, the things that God provides himself is what grants us life. This is why the person who physically dies continues to live supported by Christ. This is the life that we're speaking about. The glory of God is manifested on the earth and the glory of God is manifested in us because we are supported by him and we need him in order to have true life. The third way that we can understand the relationship between heaven and earth is that even our enemies are spiritual enemies and not physical enemies. It's easy for us to identify our physical enemies because we look for those people who seek to harm us, seek to destroy us, that mock us, insult us, that do all kinds of bad things to us, and we can look at them and we can say, these are our enemies. But the scripture says, no, those are not your real enemies. Your real enemies are spiritual. Your real enemies are invisible. And because they are invisible, they're much more cunning and deceptive. You cannot detect them easily. You cannot perceive them easily. Only in the spirit, only through the Holy Spirit do we detect and can defeat the spiritual enemies, which are the ones who are activating and, and, and working in all of the others whom we consider to be our enemies. But the true enemy 
at, at the very root is Satan himself. In Ephesians 6 verse 2, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so if indeed our enemies are spiritual and they are powerful and they are darkness, how can we wage war against them with only the tools of the earth? How can we wage war against them only with our own cunning and cleverness? How do we fight against them when they are far more powerful than us? The only way to defeat these true spiritual enemies of ours is through the work of God in us, is through seeking protection and help and guidance and, and, and to war against the devil through, the, through the, the, the armor of God, which is what is mentioned later on in this chapter, Ephesians chapter 6. So not only are the good things that are coming from heaven to us, the glory of God is manifested, we are supported by the heavenly, but actually even our enemies are also spiritual. So the person who does not perceive the spiritual does not perceive who their true enemy is. And the person who doesn't know their enemy is liable to fall and be destroyed by him because he is not on guard or alert or aware of the types of attacks that come from this spiritual enemy. Number four, our home is spiritual and not physical. Our home is, is spiritual and not physical. Again, when we look to what are the places in this world that we find the most comfort, the place that we like to be, the, the place where we feel the most protected, the, the place where we feel like is our home, we maybe think of different places um, that we feel happy and joyful and comfortable in, you know, in this life. But again, the scripture reveals to us and the Lord Christ himself said that our true home is not to be found here. No one can, no matter how much comfort we seek, much how much security that we seek in this life there is no way for us to find the true comfort except in heaven only john 14 2 in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you this place that the lord is preparing for us this place that you know using kind of terminology that we can relate to like there are many mansions there are many abodes there's many beautiful places to live that God has prepared for each of us individually this is also in heaven this is a spiritual thing right so this is the relationship between heaven and earth we are living on earth but where are our homes our homes are not on earth he says you are sojourners you are travelers you make a tent in order for you to dwell for a time but this tent that you live in is not the permanent place where you live there is a place beyond that you will live for eternity and one day you will be there and Christ is preparing this place for all of us. So again, in order for us to perceive this, we perceive it through faith, we don't perceive it through our senses. We don't perceive it using the normal five senses that we're used to in this life, but we have to believe, believe the words of God and trust that he in fact is doing what is it that he said and preparing this place for us. Also, we are seeking the will of God on earth. There are many people on the earth, each of us has our own will, has our own desires, has our own idea of how things should be. But actually we pray in, in the Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning we are seeking the will of God, that just as heaven is ordered according to the will of God, just as in heaven everything happens according to his will, in his right timing, in the right way, with perfection and order, that we are also seeking that this same will, be manifested on the earth and that everything on earth live and, and, and abide according to the will of God just as heaven. So even as the struggling church that we are, what we are seeking is to transform the world to be as heaven and that we are seeking to transform our, our, our very souls and our very selves to be heavenly. 
that as we are struggling in sin and against our weaknesses and that we have many conflicts inside of us but we are seeking for God to purify and to transform and to change so that each of us is like heaven that just as the Lord who dwells in heaven in perfection and peace and purity without defilement so also we want God to prepare us to be vessels of honor to where the Lord can dwell in us and we are heaven and this is actually what the Lord said and what he meant when he said the kingdom of heaven is within you the kingdom of heaven is within us because the Lord dwells in us and the Holy Spirit dwells in us and so we have to be prepared for this this is again a heavenly the heavenly things are coming to touch the earth are coming to influence the earth are coming to touch my life and to influence me this is why in Christianity Christianity is not just a religion of morality or ethics it's not just a religion where we are told we need to live a certain way, practice certain principles, um, treat people a certain way, and that's all. Some people, unfortunately, have reduced Christianity to be simply a philosophy or a moral code. Christianity is far more than this. The essence and the root of all of Christianity is the spirit, is the spirituality. It's the connection with God through the spirit, and through this connection, everything else comes. Through this connection, I'm able to live according to his commands. Through this connection, I'm able to love my enemies. Through this connection, I'm able to live a moral life in the world. But it is the connection with God that is the most paramount, fundamental aspect of our life that allows and enables us to do all the other things that the Lord has said. So we seek upon him, that his will would be done in the world and his will would be done in each of us. Also, we gain the heavenly knowledge through the Spirit. In John 16, 13, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Where is the source of truth? Christ himself, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the Holy Spirit reveals and guides us into that truth so that we live according to the truth because the world is full of falsehood and lies and deceptions and many ways that leads us astray from following the right path the narrow path and the, the path of truth and how do we gain this knowledge how do we understand ourselves how do we realize where we are and where we should be going it is again through the spirit through the holy spirit of god who guides us and leads us in the right path without him we are lost without him we are in darkness without him who is the leader who leads us in this life if not for the holy spirit is it the government is it the politicians is it the scientists is it the entertainers is it the media who is it who is the leader who is the one who leads us in the life many many voices many people claiming that their way is the way of success and their way is the way of enjoyment and yet we know that the Lord himself, the Holy Spirit, is the one who guides us past all of the deceptions in order to live in the right way according to his will. So in order to do this, in order to know this, we need, of course, the heavenly to work in the earthly. Um, number seven is abiding and loosing. When the Lord gave the gift of priesthood to the apostles, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Meaning, God has given authority to the church in order to um, bring about the heavenly life into the life of the people. It is done through the church, right? It is done through the church. The, 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 the church is made to be a heavenly place, 
The church is a heavenly place where we come to the church and we participate in the heavenly things. We are reminded of the heavenly words. We are remindings of the teachings of Christ. We, we come and we join together in one body. It is a spiritual union. When we say we partake of communion, it is a spiritual union. It is not simply a, a, a fellowship of, of socializing. It is not simply a fellowship of communication. It is a, it's a deep bond of fellowship that we have with one another through partaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord granted this to the church. The Lord granted that we would participate in the heavenly, that whatever is bound on earth, whatever is, is determined and decided on earth for the spiritual benefit of the believers, it has a true effect in heaven. Whenever a person's sins are forgiven on earth, they are forgiven in heaven. Whenever a person confesses their sins, they are absolved from the sin and forgiven for the sin that God himself forgets the sin. When a person comes to the father of confession and, 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 and uh, confesses, that person's sin in heaven is erased. So there is a connection again. The things that we do on earth are not simply earthly, but they have an heavenly effect, which leads to the last point, which is the sacraments. The sacraments are indeed the means of grace that the Lord has given us, that when we participate in them, the heaven moves. Something in the heavens happens when we participate in these sacraments. When a person is baptized, they die and are resurrected again. This is a true spiritual resurrection. It's not something that can be perceived with the senses, but something that the Lord has promised us, and that when we are chrismated with the holy Myron oil, that we receive the Holy Spirit. This is again the relationship between the heavenly and the earthly. And as we mentioned, when we partake in communion, we're eating the body and blood of Christ so that we can live forever. All of the sacraments that the Lord has granted us for our life are the bringing of the heavenly down to the earth, are allowing us to participate in the heavenly life even while we are still human beings in the flesh living on the earth. And this is the means of perceiving God and understanding God and growing closer to God because he has granted us to touch and to taste heaven even while we are still here. And so the wise person is the one who um, participates and makes use of all of these gifts and all of these ways that the heavens are manifested, believing and knowing that the Lord is guiding us closer and closer to him. So just as the Lord said to us today that he is the bread of life who comes down from heaven, so also we see all of the different ways that the Lord grants us to taste the heavenly and to participate in it. May God grant us always to live a victorious life in abundance, full of his spirit and glory be to God forever. Amen.